Bienvenidos to the podcast The Soccer Onu Parlo de Football of Delaware, the football dance the rest of the moon et de to the rest. Welcome to the Soccer Podcast where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world and everything in between. My name is Sebastian and this week I'm joined here by Duane. If you guys can't tell Sebastian has changed his allegiance from allegiance from uh, Spanish to French because Messi left Spain. I mean, at this point, listen, let's be realistic. No one is watching La Liga this year. It no longer matters unless somehow uh, Ronald Koeman decides that he's going to put Ricky Pooch in the starting lineup every single game. I I have like it sounds really weird. This is the Florida and me coming out. I am now no longer really caring about Barcelona. I now uh, want to support PSG. I mean, I've always been on the PSG train. You, you have, you have, and now I'm going to be joining you. I'm going to be wearing uh, some Jordan gear. So if you're out there, MJ, feel free to uh, send us some some gear. We will rock it out in the podcast. I already have the sneakers, so I'm, I'm going to step ahead. You but are. Yeah, um, that's huge. It's huge. They yeah. shook up the football world. We'll, we'll talk a lot about, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, first, let's talk about, uh, so summer camps ended up. Uh, that we finished up summer camps in uh, for Delaware Union this this past week. Uh, I'm back in Delaware also. Um, you know, for those of you that were that were worried um, or concerned if I was in Colorado, still I am not. I am back in Delaware. Uh, so summer camps finished up. We had uh, 70 kids in our last summer camp, so I thought that was that was awesome. I think overall the entire summer we ended up with like uh, some crazy number, like almost 300 players throughout the entire summer. Uh, or maybe a little bit more. So very, very exciting stuff. Uh, good congratulations to Coach Anthony for for the entire uh, summer and just doing a really, really good job with it. So, um, and then this week we start preseason. So, you, how how is your preparation for preseason going, doing? Um, well, we've kind of been training throughout the summer, but this week yeah. is really you know the week to start ramping things up. Uh, we actually have friendly scheduled this weekend down in Henlopens for both groups, the 09 boys and 07 boys. So we get to train twice this week and then go out there and put the product together. Um, my high school boys actually have double preseason for the ones that are going to make it because their uh, high school season start this week. That's right. Yeah. So overall, very exciting stuff. We have our girls preseason camp next week, uh, Monday through Thursday. So four nights in a row of training, which I think is really exciting. We have some new other players coming out. Uh, I mean, we'll, I mean, we have a guest coming up in a couple of minutes, but we may have a guest appearance, our preseason camp. I'm not really going to talk too much about it because I kind of wanted to be a little bit of a surprise, but uh, our guest may or may not be making an appearance uh, at, at the fields at some point this week. So you never know. So Dwayne, you never know who you might run into in the field. Never know. Never know. We have a lot of guests that are supposed to pop up. So it's true. Maybe one maybe there'll be a day where we like don't have to coach and our guests can also coach our teams. That'd be perfect too. That'd be still that'd waiting be on really Chad. <laughs> Let Chad. So we don't Chad to run that session. <laughs> we are super excited today to welcome back one of our favorite guests of all time. Um somebody that I I, I think when when we talked about, uh, so a couple of weeks ago when we had Greg Langstaff from Canada on the show, um, we talked about him being one of our first international guests. And while granted this guest lives here like 20 minutes on the road from, from where I'm recording, um, she is now going to be considering we called Canada, we called Greg our Canada correspondent. We now have our, our resident European correspondent because she is from so many different places in Europe. Um, Coach Linda is here from Strive. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Multinational, international po- podcast here, Coach. I'm loving it. I mean, I think right now, considering, um, yeah, I, I think we we had, you know, my dad's been on the podcast. We had one other, uh, one of our, one of my, one of my friends, the coach at the New York Red Bulls. He's from Colombia. Was on the podcast, so we covered South America. Now we just co- covered the northern part of North America. Um, and, and we, yeah, we have, a, we have our resident European correspondent. There you go. I'll rep, I'll, I'll take the, the Germany and the English rep. There you go. Perfect. I mean, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, 
honestly, right now, uh, unless you you were to tell me that you came from Paris at some point, which is probably our our hottest topic conversation at some point today, uh, uh, like that's like there's nothing else that, that I mean. Premier League starts today. Yep. Uh, yeah. Premier League starts today. Um, so you know, just super excited. Like right now, Spain is probably the least most the least popular country in all of Europe from a from a football perspective. Well, you've just had an exodus of uh of many, many uh quote unquote fans. No one no one is watching La Liga history. this year. No one is watching La Liga this year. Um everyone's quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN just acquired the rights and now no one's gonna watch it. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, so Coach Linda's on today. Uh, because she's going to talk about, we're going to talk about grit, right? Yeah. So, but before that, let's, 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 let's kind of wrap, let's kind of like, um, A, we're super excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, but B, this is, uh, this is kind of like a little bit of segue into this being our last drive, like, like official strive, like podcast, uh, like segment, um, partially because you guys started your own podcast, which is super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, first off, we're, we're excited to have been on so many times, and I highly doubt this is our last time. Um, but I think it's one of those things, right? Like, I, as coaches, we learn from each other, we get inspired by each other, and 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 you, you all giving us this platform to consistently talk about leadership, we were like, Wow, like we we can expand and do that within our organization as well. And, and now now be able to pull you guys into that and other people. And I think um the more we can spread these powerful, important messages to people, I I, I think the better. And, and I love that. Um, unlike what we sometimes see in in different club sports, it's not, you know, oh, we're trying to steal this, trying to steal that. It's 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 hyping each other up and amplifying yep. each other's voices to to be further. And and um we we, you know, I think we we agree on this is that we we both come from a place where we believe in abundance rather than scarcity, as in like the more the better, rather than like, rah, what is everyone doing? So we yeah we were inspired and, and and encouraged by by the platform you all gave us and so yeah it's it's been amazing yeah so that podcast is called strive how you lead matters uh and you can find it on spotify yeah yeah you can i'm excited it's been awesome. great all right so let's talk about um let's talk about the topic uh we, we were talking off before we started recording um big topic conversation i think over the last month, considering it was an Olympic year or Where? 2020 plus one <laughs> Olympic year, um, was, was grit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think this is one of your favorite topics to discuss, right? This is, this is and anyone who has ever had more than a three minute conversation with me has been inundated by my, uh, excitement into, into the research and background of, of, of grit. I, it, like it's, it's something that I became, uh, obsessed with, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I first uh, came back to coach at Strive Summer Camp um, in 2010, um, I was a college athlete who'd been injured a lot. And um, I always heard a lot about grit, but it was always kind of uh, talked about in terms of toughness, right? Like, oh, you've got to be tougher in the tackle. We've got to be grittier. It's like knuckling down. And, and that always kind of didn't sit well with me. And, and when I, when I kind of came to strive, I was exposed to, to the research from um, Angela Duckworth and Carol Dweck. That was like, okay, grit is passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal. Right. So it's not like how hard can you hit or like how quickly can you bounce back up? It, it's this whole different topic. And so I kind of really dug into that and um, you know, it, and it sparks me every time when there's an Olympics or a major tournament, um, because, uh, you know, the, the discussions always start with like, well, do you win a bronze or is it you're losing a gold? Well, are those, is, was the person who won grittier or, and it's like, well, actually it's passion and pers perseverance towards a long-term goal. What was that athlete's long-term goal? Maybe, right. maybe coming ninth, right. Was like that person was gritty. Maybe like getting to the start line, that person was, was gritty. It's not, it's not about winning, right? Um, and and so yeah, it's 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 something I I absolutely adore, and I think it's something, especially in the sporting world, uh, it's there's a big misconception about about what grit is, especially in weight rooms and um, fitness testing, right? It's like be gritty, be tough, and it's like 
what, what do you mean? Like, what, what does that look like? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately I think, um, I think a lot of people could like, to a certain extent, the example is just like, oh, you get up, you got to get gritty, just throw some dirt on it and just kind of keep going. Right. Like, yeah, I think you bring up a really good point, especially from talking about the Olympics. And I think there's a lot of different like ways we can we can compare it. But, you know, I, I one of my favorite sports to watch in the Olympics is swimming. Yes. Um, I, I love every single event in swimming and I try to watch as many of them as possible. And, I, and it's not and, it, and it's OK. The people that just want to watch the finals or just want to watch the final heats. But to me. The really cool thing is to watch the the first seats, right? Because yep, in the back yep. of your head, you're thinking, all right. So you're let's just say let's just pick let's just pick the the hundred the hundred meter free, right? Mm-hmm. So the event is usually done on the, around a minute or less than a minute, right? The the, the it's right around the under a minute. Um, so we're talking about some of the like the, you know let's just say there's ten heats in the men's or women's, um, the first two or three heats or first four heats, I believe, or first five heats are are all the basically the bottom swimmers, right? Like they're the swimmers that are in the over a minute or are going to be one or two seconds off, which in swimming could be a lifetime. Yeah. Um, in that first heat when there's only four swimmers in eight lanes. And, uh, yeah. and, and, but what's really interesting about that, and I think that's where commentary becomes so, so important. And you hear when they say, oh, that was this person's personal best. And you're like, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you didn't make it to the semifinals. You didn't make it into the final. You have no shot at a at a medal. You came in to the to Tokyo. You quarantined. You did all this stuff for literally a one minute race, and then off you go uh, back home, right? But maybe that was your personal best, right? That's what you talked about, right? Like that was your long term goal was to can I in the biggest stage can I compete and ultimately do my best, right? Yep. So. And that's the thing is like, so, and it's also putting all these things in perspective is like, you're on the greatest stage in the world. I I would give anything and everything to be at the, like, like to be at any starting line. I I don't care if it's like in marbles, I, I, or like yo-yoing. I like, I would want to be there. So period. Right. Then it's the fact, like, let's take into context everything it's taken to get there delayed by a year a year is a lifetime for athletes right where we know that they built everything on a four-year cycle now we're talking about athletes like you said quarantining no family no one in the stands unfamiliar life not even really getting all the all the opening ceremony closing none of that right you're just here's a pool get in it get out go home right like all that then on top of that listen Swimming is one of those wild things where, like, I, I, I'm, I do triathlons and you have to bribe me to get me in the pool because I, I don't understand how you can stare at a black line on the floor for hours on end. Like, who, like, that is that mentally, like, at least with like soccer or all these other sports, you can vary up your training. At the end of the day, you know you're getting in a pool and staring at the line, no matter what, right? There's a lot of time. I I did competitive swimming until I was 16 years old, and it's just one of the reasons why why I stopped was because at that time they still hadn't necessarily really invented the idea of uh of underwater headphones. And it's like I can't be alone with my thoughts for that long. I don't have that much to think about. It's, but it's just like, and you're like, and here we turn again. And here we turn. So, so you put all that together, right? So, so for me, one of the key things, the key things in grit is, is actually making it less sparkly, making it less. It's, it, it's actually about consistency of the mundane, consistency of the mundane, right? Like how consistent can you be at a completely mundane task, right? And that, because that's what essentially perseverance is. That's essentially what's building up. There's there's this great, like, a, it's like a picture uh, storybook uh, called 212 Degrees, right? So 212 Degrees is the boiling point of water, right? And it talks about all these different sports instances that are won by the tiniest margins, right? So uh, 0.09 seconds, right, was the difference in, like, the 4 by 100 meter relay winning and losing right and it's saying well actually that wasn't where it was won and lost it was all the seconds before right the same as water doesn't just go from zero to boiling right it's all the degrees 
beforehand, right? And then once once water boils, it produces steam and steam can power a steam engine, right? So it's the consistency of the absolute mundane. It's not going into the gym and every time busting out the heaviest squat you've ever done. It's not breaking your leg and getting up and carrying on playing, which is another thing we've glorified and saying that it's gritty. That's dangerous and dumb, right? But we glorify it. Instead, it's consistency. It's like we said with the swimmers who get up at like four or five, because apparently that's the only time people do swim practice. I've never understood it. Jump into the freezing cold water and for an hour, go back and forth standing, staring at a black line. That that's that's great, right? And I think it's so important that that's what we're talking to to players and athletes about, and not this glamorization. Like, yes, there are people who've had to overcome injuries. Yes, there are people who've over had to come over hardships. That's also grit, but it's also unglamorous. Right. It's also, are you just willing to be consistent? Are you willing to stretch consistently? Well, and I think that's the key, right? Is the the ability to do the little things, right? Which I think are so, so difficult, especially when we talk about the youth level, right? <clears throat> Let's be realistic. The majority of players. Now, I've I've met a decent amount of players, and I coach some of them that genuinely do not want to score goals. They they want to play in the back. They want to they want to be defenders or they want to be goalkeepers, and that's fantastic. I I absolutely adore those kids because yeah. like to me the fact that you're just like no it's okay i don't i don't care about scoring goals to me scoring a goal is going into a crunching tackle um <laughs> but, but it's doing the little things in the moments that that maybe you're not being watched because that's ultimately how you develop the consistency right like you were talking about the mundane right receiving the ball properly every single time right without getting to that point of being unconsciously competent right can, can you get to that point in your life where like receiving the ball becomes this like second nature thing, right? Just like, I don't, I do it without thinking. And I do it right every single time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that, that I think, so when we talk about soccer in the Olympics, um, it, it's, it's, I, I absolutely love the Olympics probably more than, than the world cup when it comes to soccer, because I think the Olympics gives a different um, platform for different countries to at times come into it. And then we saw it in Rio. Uh, Fiji was in the men's, in the men's tournament yep. um, with their bright blue jerseys, which I thought were, were awesome. So uh, and to me, in, the, in the women's tournament this year, um, to me, the, the standout story was Zambia. Yep. Um, country that had never, never um, competed in an international competition, like outside of Africa ever before. Um, Coming in with a with with some inexperienced players, coming in with a captain who's 21 years old that played in in Spain and then now plays in the Chinese league, uh, starting a 16 year old as their left back. Um, but what was really cool, and I watched two out of their three games. Uh, so I watched the entire Netherlands game where they lost 10 to three. Uh, I didn't get to watch the China game, and I watched the entire Brazil game where they only lost one nothing. Yeah. Um, what was really interesting was typically uh, countries that that in general, and you you end up with a really tough draw, right? Like you play the Netherlands and you play Brazil, <laughs> right? Like, like you know, dream come true, but not right. Like it's like, well, if we're gonna be here, we might as well check some boxes and play play some of the best teams in the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, the only and- the only other the only I think other part of that would have been maybe a little bit different would have been if they had played Sweden and the United States. Like that right, would have yeah, been just make it make it the whole group. Throw yeah, them just, in. <laughs> um so anyway, so they they play the Netherlands and obviously, you know, the nerves I think kind of set in first 10 minutes in, which I think that's when they give up two or three goals. The goalkeepers is is not doesn't seem a whole lot of like doesn't seem very confident. But then they settle into the game. And while granted, the Netherlands was the better team because they have the better players and they have the more experienced players and they have a striker who's an absolute monster up top um, who scored like a hundred goals in five games, uh, but it with zero facial expression as she scored a goal. Yep. Um, um, but at the same time, Zambia settles into the game and begins wanting to go toe to toe, right? Wanting to go like punch for punch, like not not really backing down, right? Normally you would see that team sitting in a low block, like just 
just dropping back. Can I put as many players in front of the box as I can to not get scored on? And it's the opposite. They just go right at them. And to me, the example that was Barbara Banda, right? So she's the captain of the team, 21 years old, scores a goal when the game's like three or four, nothing. And then with 10 minutes left to go, she scores a goal, limps back towards midfield. And as the kickoff happens and that like everyone might be like, oh my God, she was, she, you know, she scored where she was injured to me the the, to me, the moment of doing the mundane was the moment the whistle blew after the kickoff. So after she scores the second goal, the whistle blows and she goes sprinting towards the Netherlands center back, takes the ball from her and scores her hat trick. And they, the game at that point was nine to three or 10 to three already. Um, that to me was an incredible moment because it's easy to say at that moment, like, ah, whatever, it's fine. We're going to lose the game. doesn't matter. Like, and obviously I don't think at any point in the back of their head, they're going like, oh my God, we're going to, we're going to win this game or we're going to come back and score seven goals. But at that point, it's just like, no, like regardless of the score, I'm going to do the little things. And to yeah. me, the little thing is, can I bust my butt to, to go and put pressure on this player? Because I know that when the time comes, when I am playing a, more um, realistic opponent to a certain extent, right? That's going to matter, right? You've also got to think about it. What's, what's, you know, I completely agree with you. And it says something about the coach who didn't take off his players and say, listen, we'll just take whatever comes and I'm resting them for the next game, right? It's like, it's like a recognition of the celebration of that they're there and giving them that opportunity, Right. And, and like you said, it's it's the rest of the team being willing to still play, because, again, you could already be thinking, OK, we actually probably might only need three points to get out the group. Right. Yeah. So like like this is a wash. We need to being the first game, we'll, you know, we'll call it a day. Right. I mean, you you even saw it last game of, of the U.S. group stage. Right. Yeah. Both teams kind of knew they were qualified and you wanted to gorge your eyes out. Right. Yeah. Um, good gamesmanship, you know, good, whatever. But like in that moment, right, it goes back to it's how do you define success, right? And it's not it's not for us externally to be defining other people's success It's unless we really know them. And so like you said, like for Zambia, first off, you scored a hat trick at an Olympics. Not just that, you scored three goals, I don't care, even if you're 10 something down to score three goals against yeah. a very, very good opposing team. That I guarantee you, their coach was fuming, right? It was not only that, like they were poor, like they were like poor defensive mistakes. Yes, gave up, yeah. yeah. I'll never forget when when Brazil scored their one and only goal against Germany in that 7-1 defeat. And the German goalie went nuts because he was yeah. like no, we don't concede, right? But but all this to say is like this is this is where I push people so much when when we talk about like what is excellence, what is success. Um, we that's not for me and you to decide, right? Unless we're in that coaching staff, right. we're in it. Like like we can look externally and go, oh, well, US should have done better or this and that. But like, what are the goals? And we don't know how what it took to get there. Now we know a bit of Zambia's story, and that's what makes it that much more impressive. Right is 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 just you got to think like no funding right and 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 you can say that as you wish but like you know this is average Joe off the street right taking time off work you know they would have jobs right taking time away from family you were, no one was able to take their kids so you're away two three weeks right maybe even longer quarantining not being paid right having to probably pay for your own flights all this and now you're standing toe to toe with some giants of the game. Yeah. Nine nothing, you know, seven, seven, two down. Yeah. And then you do the sprint, like, right? Like, that's the, yeah. that's where the grid is, right? That's where that consistency and that dedication comes in. Well, and I think that's the other part, right? So, so when you're watching the Brazil game, 13 minutes into the game, foul comes in, VAR comes back. So the goalkeeper's injured. They lose their goalkeeper. They get a red card 13 minutes into the game. And then you're thinking like, all right, well, there's, there goes Zambia. Like they're going to go squ- get scored on 10 by Brazil. Cause it's, it's Brazil. Like it's, it's going to get six. You yeah. Know. It's not only that it's Brazil with Pia, who is, yeah. who is, yeah. who is completely turned around the philosophy of that team too. Um, but 
And so they give up the goal right off the free kick. And then after that, it's become this like just very, very balanced game between yep. between both between both teams. And you're just like, oh my goodness, could you imagine what this would have been like 11 versus 11? Like, none of that, you put in a goalkeeper that's com- like had not played yet, yep. which the goalkeeper that already played had already struggled to begin with. Had already given right. up 14 right. goals in two games. You're the backup to the person who conceded 14. Right. So you're just, and she not only that, she has a, like a rock star like game. And you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, again, it's the mentality that like, and maybe, and maybe it's one of those things, um, you know, maybe it's the reason why we didn't see Fiji again in the, in the world cup on the men's or in the Olympics on the men's side. And, but, and, and maybe Zambia won't qualify again. And and maybe, maybe and that's and that's okay, right? It happens. It happens quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but but to me, like it's because those those players for the next four years are going to be playing somewhere, right? So you yeah. hope that all of a sudden that experience has made them better, has has taught them something, has given them something that now they're going to bring back to the rest of their teams at some point. Yeah, but you but we also see, and and it's something that 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 you mentioned is. Um, and again, this is this is the perseverance bit. Is where where does your mindset individually, and where does your mindset as a team go when you lose a player, right? When you lose a player in a very very key position, there's a difference between losing your, your striker to losing your goalkeeper, right? When you lose a player that early on against one of the world's best teams, what's your mindset? Where does your mind go, right? And and if you have individuals who have positive self-talk, right? Who have who have mental reframing techniques, who have a good team spirit, you you see what you saw from Zambia, right? Like you see toughness because it, you, you you know, you know in those next 5 10 minutes all all heck can break loose, right? And and you see this a lot with teams that coaches often say this, right? Sometimes it's harder to play against people with 10. Because all of a sudden, everyone's giving a little bit more on the yeah. other team. All of a sudden, they're like, well, i got to play for two people, right? And when if 10 people are saying that, now you're playing against the force field. But that that's not – in that moment, Zambia didn't get more talented, right? They didn't get better, right? It's it's all up here. And that, and that is when we talk about grit that – Yes, it is developed in weight rooms. Yes, it is developed at practice. But, like, it's not this physical characteristic, right? It's the, being able to have that mentality, right? Like, you didn't, you couldn't – grit isn't going to make you shoot better, tackle better, head the ball. Like, none of that. But it's going to give you the mindset to unlock your potential much, much better, right? And that that's what we have to – that's what we have to keep teaching young people is being able to, like, in the face of a setback – can you tap into all of your potential or is all of your potential stripped away? Like, like which, which way does this go? I think that's, 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 you're, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, especially at the youth level. Um, I think it's easy because there are so many external factors that we as coaches consider in comparison to the professional level, right? Where we spend so much less time with the players, right? We're talking about maybe a max of, if we're lucky, right, in in a regular season, six hours a week, maybe, yeah. maybe, right? You got maybe you got three days a week of training at an hour and a half each day, so you got four and a half, and then maybe you got an hour and a half of a game, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the rest of the time, there are some external factors that you have very little control over that at times are working against you from a coaching standpoint, even during games sometimes. And and I give a lot of credit to, to families and parents because I do think that like I do think for the most part people are are looking out for their best interest of their kid yeah. right I do think at times what we run into is that because the perception is and, and I think this is where we sometimes miss um, from a coaching education standpoint right we do we try to do such a good job of coaching the kids and the athletes but we forget to to coach the, the families right we forget, forget to coach the parents because because you don't know what the definition of grid is for that parent. Yes. So we're expecting that in the six hours that we have them a week, again, on a really, really good week, we're teaching them our definition of grit, right? The idea of the, the perseverance, the being able to do the mundane right every single time, finding the consistency, finding that long-term goal. Whereas maybe the other X amount of hours that are much bigger than six, 
it is just throw some dirt on it. Like how fast can you run? And like, you know, can you just make sure you're, you're the last person standing? Yep. Right. Yeah. And that being the definition of grit, which again, could be different, could be the same, whatever the case is. But I think that's, that's what we, so how do we, how do we bridge that gap? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me, it's, it's talking about it often and talking about it openly, right? It's, um, again, I, I am not a perfect coach, but I would say that 95% of the players who I've ever coached, like if I even mention grit, they'll roll their eyes and in a daze could tell you what it means, right? Because I've hammered it home, right? And just in that, they begin to have conversations with parents and adults. Now, you can be even more explicit about it. Be like, this is what we believe. This is what it looks like. Um, that we believe in working smart and hard, not just working hard, right? Because when we boil it down, people believe working hard means that you're being gritty, right? It means, all right, no matter what, if you're tired, if you're injured, if you're if you're down, if you're upset, like you got to go lift you got to go work hard. Like you said, you're going to be the last person standing. That's that's not grit, right? That's that's stupidity, right? That's just pure sheer-headed stupidity. And, and you see that with the abuse that Simone Biles got or, or Naomi Osaka, right? When they're saying, actually, I'm not doing this right now because I'm not at my best or this is dangerous for me, right? And everyone's like, well, you've got to be mentally tougher. The mental toughness is acknowledging that in this moment, that's not that's not what I need to do, right? My goal is to take care of myself, you know, and, and consistently speaking with parents about that. Now, now you can train grit mentally in so many different ways, practices, but actually what I found, what I found, especially in the last few years, even, even in my own training life, is that if I'm if I'm on a long run, right, and I'm about to quit. And I got to talk myself into running more. Yeah, that's that's good mental training. But what I've actually found is forcing myself to do the mundane daily tasks and not give up on those. That's actually made me tougher, right? And it's a silly example. But the other day I had to go to Staples, right? And I had to print something from Staples. And I had it all in my email. And I went, hit print all. And it wouldn't let me print all. And the guy told me, well, you have to do each attachment separately. So I had 15 attachments mm. that I had to each time click on, wait to print the pages, click out, click into again, click out. And I started realizing that per attachment, it was taking me about five minutes. So I'm like, I'm going to be here for over an hour. And I literally like pulled out my USB thing, went to walk off, and I'm like, no, it will not hurt you. You have the time. Stand here and do this mundane click, click, yeah. click. And I did. And I believe that I got mentally tougher that day by doing that than I did carrying on on my run because there it was black and white, right? And it's the same as like folding laundry or uh, un unloading the dishwasher, right? And these are all, okay, quote, unquote, more, more adult examples. But when you think about the kids, right, is – getting them to fold their laundry, right? Or getting yeah. them to clean dishes or or getting them to go for a walk when they don't want to, That that's how you start to train your mind to like do boring things when you don't want to, right? Um, and, and I think that that's, that's something that parents can relate to. A, it helps them getting the kids to do the chores around the house. Um, <laughs> But again, we, we're in a we're in a you know society. I don't want to sound like I'm on a soapbox, but where none of us, me and you included, we're not used to being bored. Right. We're not used to being bored, right? And so when you're then asked to do things that maybe are boring, like doing extra runs, doing some extra lifting, let's break this down: doing injury prevention stuff, which is essentially just like bending your knee a load, right? or stretching, we don't want to do them. I don't want to do it, right? I'll go work out and I can easily go on a long run, 11, 12 miles. I'll go and do that. Tell me to stretch for 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, don't think I have the time. Right. Again, right? Consistency and getting better in, in the mundane. And so I think it's having those conversations with, with the parents. Like, hey, I don't think you need to push them to do these really massive things off the field, but can you help them? like stretch their mind muscle by 
by this week making sure, like your job is to make sure that they stretch for 10 minutes a day. That's actually going to build their, their mental capacity for, for doing boring things a lot more often, right? Et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think there's a golden bullet, but I do think we we can be more creative in, in the ways that we're we're training these things. Awesome. Well, uh, Linda, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on on the podcast today. Um, I think uh, every time you're on the podcast, I learn something. I take something away. I start thinking halfway. Like I start like my mind starts to like, all right, how can I apply this to my team? How can I apply this to my team? Like where am I seeing the like? I'm trying to put the pieces like the, the pieces of the puzzle together all in my head as as we're having these conversations. So it's it's really cool um, to hear, and I'm super excited for for what you guys are going to be doing at Strive this year. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, hopefully back into a year where where things are starting to hopefully come back in, in person yes. and like that, which I think is going to be really excited for all of you. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And, and you know, this is uh, some of my favorite people, my favorite topics. So it's a great way, great way to start the day. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Coach. All right. We are, we're back. And um, Duane, I got to say, you missed a really cool interview, um, which it's okay. Uh, the good thing is that you're here and we can talk about one of your favorite players uh, Danny Alves Champions I believe Champions. wasn't he on your list in the, like, the original episode in like episode one my favorite players yeah 100% yeah so so your your guy Danny Alves won, won the Olympic gold so he's won everything he didn't everything. win the World Cup. So he's won almost everything. I think he could hold off and probably make the next World Cup roster. There's no chance. No <laughs> shot. I mean, I mean, it was, it was it was awesome to see. Listen, I I there is no um, I don't know that I have a ton of admiration for any many Brazilian soccer players. Um, mostly because again, being Argentinian, it kind of goes against everything, but but I do genuinely like Danny Alves. I don't know why, but I, I, I mean, I also like right backs that like to like to have a little flair to them. Um, so maybe that's part of it. I do like the fact that he played the Olympics as a right back and he didn't try to play as center mid or whatever it was that he's plays now uh, at, at Sao Paulo, right? Yeah. Wherever you want me, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian legit style. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, good. Congratulations to him. I mean, you won the uh, you you win the gold medal uh, in PKs against Mexico, which I think is was crazy to begin with. Uh, and Mexico was a really good team too. Wait, no, sorry, not Mexico. Spain, 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 Spain. 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 They beat Mexico in the they beat Mexico in the uh, in the semifinals against Spain. Say, Pedri and those boys got a silver medal. Yeah, I wish congratulations for them too. You know, like a little bit of a consolation after not making it to the final in the uh, in the Euros. Um, so, so good for them. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Mexico ends up with the bronze medal though, beating Japan. It's okay, so. Mexico didn't win anything this summer. That's a, a success. And I think the biggest topic of conversation has to be Messi, right? I mean, obviously, we started the podcast with, with the French introduction, which I'm, I'm, I'm assuming was, was very, very poorly, uh, the, the very, very poorly spoken French. Rotten tomatoes. What? Rotten tomatoes. Rotten tomatoes. Yeah, that's how your Spanish was. You know how they throw tomatoes at people on stage. Oh. <laughs> um. So. I mean, last week we talked about the fact that Messi was leaving. And then between that and now, we talk about the fact that Messi now is at PSG, already training. Um, I mean, it, it, it's completely shaking up the entire world of football. Uh, it is now a, like, 24-7 <laughs> in the Argentinian channel that I watch. They're, like, showing, like, the same clips of Messi at training. That's what it's come to, which is kind of cool and interesting. Um, I'm just excited to see what what PSG can do now with him, and hopefully he does win a Champions League because I think at this point in his life he's he's coming towards the end of the career. 
Um, but what I'm really excited about the fact that he is super motivated to be in the Argentinian national team. Uh, there's a rumor that in his, in his contract, he has some sort of a clause in there that like basically at any given point, he has the ability to prioritize the, the Argentinian national team, um, which is really, really cool because it's an exciting version of Messi to see the one that, that wants to play on the Argentinian national team as much as possible. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that was, that's going to be really, really good. Um, and then we'll see what happens. Um, but I think, honestly, the biggest winner out of anybody, you know who it is? Neymar. Nope, not Neymar. Who is it? Bean Sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because all of a sudden, Bean Sports lost La Liga, uh, and they were left with, with Uber Eats League One. Or League One Uber Eats, however you want to call it. League Un. League Un Uber Eats. Uh, and also left with League League Dos. Do? Do. League Do. League Do. Uh, who, I mean, let's be realistic. Who was watching the second division <laughs> French League? Um, this Giacchini, man. Huh? Nicholas Giacchini. I mean, yeah, but, but still, like, were you watching it consistently? No. Right. So... All of a sudden, ESPN advertised La Liga, La Liga, Messi, Messi, and then all of a sudden, no more Messi, no more Sergio Ramos. Uh, so, yeah, it, I mean, all of a sudden, Bean Sports coming out, coming out on top. Ray Hudson put in a phone call. <laughs> I'm hoping, listen, I, I, uh, I, I found that Ray Hudson does the local broadcast for Inter Miami as well. Yeah. I, didn't know really that. I I did not know that. I did not. Yeah, I mean, I knew, I knew he guy. lived in Miami. I know he lives in Miami, but but yeah. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert: He does all the well. He used to do all the Barcelona games from his basement. If you guys said, yeah, that. I mean that that makes a lot of sense. I you know I've actually met Ray Hudson and I met Phil too. Really? Yep, I met them. I was at this is back when the uh, when they used to be in Gold TV. Um, I, I did a tour of gold TV and actually sat in on one of the games they broadcasted Gold um, TV, man. That's a throwback. Yeah. You know how big the little booth is. It was super tiny. Um, and they watched the game on a like 19 inch monitor. That's how they broadcast the game. It's crazy in a booth with a 19 inch monitor. So those of you at home thinking like, oh man, these guys are there. They're not there. Oh, these guys are at least watching it on a big screen. Nope, little screen. Um, tiny booth. So, yeah, it's a good time. We're going to get Ray on the podcast. L- listen, if you're out there, please, on social media, you know, tag us, facebook.com slash Delaware Union, on Instagram, at Delaware Union Soccer, and on Twitter, at the Union Soccer, and go at Ray Hudson. Uh, I believe um, his Twitter handle is Ray Hudson. Um, yeah, is at Ray Hudson. Tweet at Ray Hudson uh, and tell him that you want to you want to listen to him on um, on the podcast. On the if soccer. you don't know who Ray Hudson is, go to YouTube and listen to his gold commentaries. They're absolutely yes. amazing. He is a poetic genius, or as he calls himself on his Twitter, verbal gymnast. So, yeah, that's the accurate um, way to describe him. <laughs> a verbal that, that, that's super accurate. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Just type in Ray Hudson Messi, like type in Ray Hudson, just anything. And nine minutes type in him. actually type in Ray, Ray Hudson, Ricky Pooch. Like I too. that. That that too. Like that's the only thing I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss watching Barcelona games if Ricky Pooch ever plays and listening to Ray Hudson talk about Ricky Pooch. Um, so yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, so you know, Messi is officially a PSG player. So from now on, we, <laughs> we will have a weekly Messi check-in and see how he's doing. Um, he will be presented to at tomorrow's PSG game at three o'clock Eastern time, by the way, along with all of the other players that are gonna be there. Um, all the other players that are going to be there 
Yeah, well, I mean, big signings, you know, Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, Sergio Ramos, Hakimi, like, PSG came out big this year. Um, no financial so, fair play. I mean, I guess not if you're bringing in no, players. No, suspended for two years. Huh? Financial fair play got suspended for two years. So Hawaii didn't... Oh, because La Liga couldn't... Yeah, La Liga has its own yeah. financial thing. Yeah, so... All right, well... Uh, player of the match, Dwayne, who is your player of the match this week? My player of the match is going out to um, Paxton Aronson. He scored a wonderful goal earlier this week, um, giving him one. Uh, my other one is going to go to Ricky Pooch for having a phenomenal preseason. He scored a couple goals, looked yep. really good. My third one is going to go oh, to Shell. Really- to shell for making that wonderful substitution, subbing on uh, Kepa to win the PK shootout. A big, big move in the Chelsea Villarreal game. That's a solid move right there. Kepa, who has not who has not played in like a year, coming in and uh, and and for the PK shootout. Big saves too. Yeah, yeah. So. so. And, you know, people were hating on him at first. Like, you're going looking on Twitter, like, why are they subbing on Keppa? Then they holding up the trophy. They're like, that's why we subbed on Keppa. Right. From the cooler. No cooler no more. No, that's right. He doesn't have a cooler anymore? Doesn't have the boot. Oh, well. I was almost in a boot. I was almost almost going to be like Tuchel. I almost had a freak accident the other day. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm at the coach from a cooler. I mean, I almost tore my Achilles going up the stairs. I'm still limping, so I might need a cooler for next week. Literally just going up the stairs. Just somehow. It's that age. Yeah. Stretch FIFA 11 before you go up the stairs. (laughs) I got to do FIFA 11 before I go, when I get up in the morning. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Out those cones. Yeah. All right, my player of the match uh, this week goes out to the entire summer camp staff. But I think a special shout out goes to Audrey Truitt, uh, who worked all summer camp as a volunteer, and we kind of surprised her uh, with a little with a little birthday present because it was her birthday yesterday. Uh, so yeah, big shout out to all the summer camp staff for doing an amazing job this summer, um, and a big shout out to Audrey, who who wanted to volunteer the entire summer. So big shout out to her. All right, on this day in soccer history. Uh, August 13th, 2004. Uh, Michael Owen. You remember Michael Owen? Michael Owen from Manchester United. Yeah. Well, at the time in 2004, Michael Owen was playing for Liverpool. Oh, really? Yep. And so he decided to leave Liverpool to go to Real Madrid looking for, you know, greener pastures. Uh, And um, he did not do so hot. At Real Madrid. Uh, and you know who won the Champions League in 2005? Liverpool? Liverpool. <laughs> you tried so, to go... Because like Real Madrid back then was the PSG. That They had everybody. Yeah. And he did not so do so hot there. So... But yeah. Uh, Liverpool won the Champions League for the first time in 2005. So, interesting move by Mr. Owen, who also scored a goal against Argentina. So, don't really, not a big fan. All right. uh, Fair play of the week. My fair play of the week goes out to Morton Thorsby. Uh, Do you know who Morton Thorsby is, Dwayne? I have no idea who that is. No. Okay. Well, Morton Thorsby is a Norway international who plays for Sampdoria in, in Italy. So, he decided to change his jersey from number 18 to number two this year uh, to bring awareness for climate change. Um, so uh, there's this thing called the Paris Agreement, <clears throat> which is uh, talking about, again, global uh, climate change. Um, so there's uh, 200 countries that are pledged to keep the global warming to below two degrees Celsius. Uh, in order to that way, hopefully, you know, have a change towards 
climate change or, you know, have a response towards climate change. So he changed his jersey number to number two. Um, so he said he needed to, like, basically, you know, use this platform to 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 do something. And he also created he's also founded the uh, We Play Green Foundation, um, which encourages the football community to adopt environmentally friendly initiatives. Way, way to go green, Morton. So, yeah, that's my my favorite play of the week goes to Morton Dorsby. Yeah, I mean, good for the cause. It's like yeah, uh, I, I think anytime that you have the ability to like use your use your platform to 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 raise awareness for whatever your cause is, as long as the cause makes sense and it's good, I think it's good. I mean, it's like when Real Madrid where there's like recycling jerseys, recyclable jerseys. Yeah. I don't think that worked think, out too well. No, no, uh, no. All right, who's your fair player of the week? Uh, my fair player of the week is going to go out to Dan Simmons. Soccer um, Dan, soccer Dan, soccer Dan. Hopefully, we can get him on the podcast sooner rather than later. But um, no, just shout out to Dan Simmons for all that he does. I mean, he does a lot. He doesn't ask for a lot. Really good guy. Training his, still training his high school boys, 2011 boys. Um. Just always be supportive. He's a great guy. He really is a good guy. Always does a lot of behind the scenes work. Yes. Yes. Without without asking for thanks, which is always the best the best way to do it, right? No, he'll just ask he'll just ask you to put him in a tournament a week before the tournament starts. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> and then you want to like really yell at him, but then you're like, oh, but he does so much so it's so good. He does, he does so much. He does, he he cut the grass with scissors for us last week, but I can't get you in this tournament. <laughs> oh man, yeah, what a what a guy! All right, well, uh, awesome. Um, well, I'm I'm happy to be back in Delaware. I'm happy that we we start the season next week. It gives us a lot to talk about. Um, I think this year for the for the season, uh, we. Our goal is to bring in more of our coaches in the podcast, and our goal is to hopefully find a way to bring in some players. That's going to be hard because they're going to start back in school, but maybe we'll do some on-field interviews that one, and then we'll just throw into the podcast. Um, which, by the way, I recorded a bunch of interviews with uh, with Fields Brown that you'll hear sprinkled in here and there throughout the next couple of weeks. Um, so those should be those should be a lot of fun, a lot of ninety-first minute interviews uh, for the new segment. So. Uh, make sure minute. you what 97th minute the 97th minute 97th minute there you go uh well make sure you subscribe and uh give us a rating uh give us a comment send us any information you have send us anything um and don't forget to tweet at ray hudson uh see if we can get him on the podcast on twitter at the union soccer tag us on your tweet I'm sure you can find him on Facebook and on Instagram but it's Delaware Union on Facebook and at Delaware Union Soccer on Instagram Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.